and nowhere I'm going. He finished before he would lap me the second time. So running was not necessarily my thing. But however, the Paul must have observed some of it because it was a stimulus that he used. And I have found a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of a, a, a two-minute video that, that just, it, the, the video's entitled Never Give Up, but, but my message is entitled Finish Strong. So I want you to watch this with us for just a, a moment today, and then let's go lead into the scripture text. Cross those lights real quick if you will, that help them. Actually, get that light switch behind you real quick. That's a gold medalist right there, 1972 games. Just going to show you just real quickly how far behind he was for the first half of the race. And I think that's a powerful principle because you can start behind, but it doesn't matter necessarily how you start, it matters how you finish. Is that right? I think there's a powerful principle that we can kind of weave into a text that we're going to soon read here in just a few moments allow that to be just a little bit of a stirring in our heart right here. When they came around the corner, you would have thought, there's no way he's going to win this race. The others finished strong. He just finished a little stronger. So I want to ask you here for just a moment. We're going to go to the Word of God, and we're going to, I'm going to leave you seated for a moment because I'm going to read just a few passages. So Paul, now we were looking back at the 1972 Olympic Games in Munich. Paul, though, would have had the opportunity, very possibly, to have either observed with his own natural eye either Olympic Games or these other games that were held right there near Corinth. Um, many theologians believe that Paul would have because many of the travelers that came to observe the games, they needed to stay in tents. And so it was an opportunity for Paul, because of his tent-making occupation, uh, would have used that as an opportunity not only to further his uh, income, but also to create opportunities for ministry. So clearly, though, by, by our reading of the text, that Paul is aware of these athletes and the effort that they make um, in, in pursuit of a natural prize. So we're going to read in 1 Corinthians 9. We're going to read just a few passages, total of about 12 verses or so, 13 verses, but we're going to read it in four or five different books just to see that Paul doesn't spend a lot of time developing this thought, but he just kind of 
He, he just segments it right here. But through it, there's a principle that's in my heart that I think is a stimulus to strengthen us because I want to finish strong. Come on. And, and, and I don't mean the year. I don't wanna, I'm not just talking about the calendar year of 2017, but I'm talking about in God's kingdom. I'm talking about what God, the race that God's given to each one of us. I don't, I don't want to be found somebody that has missed the mark. He said in the 24th verse, do you not know that those who run in a race, they all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. They do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. So Paul said, I run thus. So again, he's using this allegory himself. He said, so his faith is being used in a comparison to the training of an athlete. So he said, I run thus, not with uncertainty. And then he compares it to a fighter in the games. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But he said, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now this principle is picked up again briefly in the book of Philippians, where he mentions it here in three verses of Scripture that this one is probably more familiar to you, and I wanted you to read it with me just real quickly. We're going to stand in a moment, but not just yet. In the 12th verse, Paul says, of the third chapter, he says, not that I have already obtained. Now we're talking about a mark. Everybody that enters a contest has a goal in front of them. There's something they're in pursuit of. And Paul is saying, not that I've already obtained it, he said, or I'm already perfected. He said, but I press on that I may lay hold on that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but there's one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. You have to keep pressing forward. No matter the struggle that you've endured in your faith, and sometimes faith goes through struggles, your Christian walk, and we'll talk about this, is not always easy. But there comes a moment in your life where you have to say, I cannot be defined from where I've been. Come on, who I am is going to be determined by where I'm going, where I'm going, what God's got in, in front of me as I seek to fulfill his will for my life. So Paul said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now Paul picks it up in writing to Timothy his young protege in the faith, his young apprentice, his young, uh, the one that he's mentored in the ministry. Now, he uses the analogy of a soldier and an athlete kind of all in one. In the third verse of the second chapter of the second epistle, he says, you, that's us, right? Are y'all with me here? He, I believe that he's speaking not only to Timothy, but he's speaking through Timothy. We must endure hardships. Hello? I would like to promise you that if you have something that you're going to go through, that you will never have another uh, challenge or a tragedy or uh, something that you're going to go through, but I'd be lying to you, right? That's not the case. And, and so, but, but there's a part in our life where we have to develop some measure of endurance, a willingness that doesn't give up. Don't give up when you're down. Don't give up when things hadn't gone your way. Don't give up when you're frustrated. Keep persevering. Keep pressing forward. He said, so no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So he's used this analogy of a soldier. But now he says, if anyone competes in athletics, 
He is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. We'll talk about that in a moment. Now, let's turn to the fourth chapter of the same epistle. This is, again, probably the most familiar of all passages as it relates to Paul using the example of racing here in the fourth chapter. Because here he's alluding to him his own life here in the, uh, the, the sixth verse. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. Notice this. He said, but I have fought the good fight. I've done what? I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. So there is laid up for me what? A crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who love his appearing. Now, the writer of Hebrews, I've just, there's three, there's just a, Three more verses I want to give you. Two out of Hebrews and one in the book of Acts. Why don't you stand up with me? Let's stand and honor the reading, culmination of the reading of Scripture. Once again, it's a familiar passage. Look at this with me here. He said, therefore, you also are surrounded by, what? A great cloud of witnesses. I mean, that's the people that's ran their race before us. And their testimony is set to inspire us. If they can do it, you can do it. Right? If they trusted God, you can do it. Don't, don't let the enemy say, well, you can't do this. You can't be faithful. You can't be, uh, you know, you, look where you come to. Look at the problems that you've had. Look at the, the snares that you've, uh, been, that you've stumbled over. Listen, the scripture exhorts us, you run your race. Stay focused. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let's lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Now, you can't run this race faithfully with sin in your life. You say, well, Pastor, well, we've all sinned. I know we all sinned. And, and I, I'm not going to say, and we all sin. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak that upon myself. You can say that if you want to. You can say, well, I sin. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to say God expects me to not sin. I'm going to lay it aside. I'm, gonna get up, I'm not going to get up in the morning and say, God, I'm going to sin today. What kind of confession is that? I'm going to get up in the morning and say, God, I'm going to be obedient to the word of God and the will of God. You're going to work in me to will and to do of your good pleasure. You're going to keep me from sin. Oh, man, I'm already way ahead of y'all. Y'all better catch up. Y'all better let the spirit of Dave Waddle fall on you and run your race here today. And because, listen, we, we need endurance to run this race because it's set before us. Where are we going to gain our strength? We're going to look to Jesus. How you know he ran his race, right? And he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. And so for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross he despised the shame, and he is now set down on the right hand of the throne of God. And one last verse of Scripture in this same similar or familiar context is actually found in the book of Acts. As Paul was at Ephesus here in the 20th chapter, and it's uncertain. his future is uncertain. His future is uncertain because he's about to go to Jerusalem. He does not know the things that are going to happen there other than the Holy Spirit has been warning him that he's going to be in bondage. He's going to be uh, apprehended and put in jail. He doesn't know if his life is going to be, if he's going to die at Jerusalem. But look what he said, the 24th verse. But none of these things move me. None of, this, none of the things that are going to possibly happen to me when I get to Jerusalem are going to move me. He said, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Paul had sold himself out to the call of God. I think if we stumble and we struggle at all in our Christian faith in America, we still make it about us rather than about him. And fulfilling his will for our lives. Shouldn't that be our prayer today? Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Paul said, he said, not my pleasure, 
He said, my life is not dear to myself. He said, rather, I want to finish my race with what? I want to finish it with joy. I want to be faithful to the very end. And so today, I want to pray and ask you for just a few moments. Let me talk to you about re-stimulating your faith today. And let's finish strong. Come on, let's don't just, let's don't, let's don't just kind of wobble across the finish line. Come on, let's go all the way for the glory of God with joy in our hearts and a confidence in Christ. So, Father, today we have read the word of God. Our hearts are prepared. I've prayed diligently this morning that not only would preaching be easy today, but the hearts of the people would be prepared. And, Father, if you've ordered their steps, and I believe that you have, that, God, then you have determined that they would receive a word today. So, Lord, we need the anointing of God. It must be written on the tablet of our heart today. It can't just be a video that we've watched we can't create inspiration through the video, God. It can't, Father, and even the reading of the text, as powerful as that is, God, we're asking that you would, by the Holy Spirit, Father, let the Spirit of God create exhortation today. Let the unction of God be readily discernible in this house. It's in Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen, and you can be seated. So now that we've briefly gleaned from Paul's writing in these multiple passages in the New Testament, how many of you can conclude with me that Paul did use the analogy of running a race, and not only at times of running a race, if you were to study this out farther, you would find that Paul just used running, in just, the, the, just the, the motion of running to kind of speak about your faith. He told the Galatians, he said, you did run well, who did hinder you? And so, what is he talking about? Is he talking about them actually down the street, you know, running like Dave Waddle was on the Olympic track in 1972? Or is he talking about living by faith, living a life of faith, believing God, being faithful? I mean, you want to be found faithful. I, I want to be found faithful to God. I want God to be able to have a confidence, not in me, but in the sense that he can trust me to do his will. Is that right? And so I believe that's all a part of what Paul is saying when he's using this analogy about running your race. Every one of us have a race. If you have faith, then you have a race. Your race doesn't look just like mine. We're not on a track where all the lanes look the same. All of our lives are different. We all face different challenges, even though the Bible says to a degree all things are common. But in one sense, there's still differences that we're going through. And your life may have greater hardships than someone else. But God still expects you to be faithful. God's given us the greatest example that we could ever see. The greatest example was not Paul, even though Paul referenced his own faith. The writer of Hebrews said the greatest of all examples is Christ himself. That he came and he accomplished the will of God. Something stimulated him. What was it? The joy that was set in front of him. He had a heavy task. He had to run his race. You know, the Olympic runners, as you and I know, they didn't run uh, with any clothes on whatsoever. They lay aside. That's where that analogy in Hebrews, lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. So they didn't, they didn't run with anything to restrict the wind flow on their, on their bodies. But Jesus had a heavy weight laid on him. He did. Mine and your sin was laid on him. Right? But he carried it all the way. To the mountain called Calvary. And there he died. But something stimulated him. There was something in front of him. What was it? 
It was that one day he would be reunited with his father in heaven. And that not only that, but he would bring all of us with him and bring joy to his father's heart when he presented the kingdom to his father. That was the joy that was in front of him. Well, there's one thing I want to draw your attention to for a moment. We all need a prize in faith, in our pursuit. And I thank God for earthly reward. I thank God for God's kindness. Don't you? God is kind to us. But let me say this. It seems to me, this is my observation. In America today, we have made the prize for faithful Christian living uh, a blessed life. Or the prize is... uh, a financial reward of some kind, or a job, or a home. And somehow or another, we're losing sight of the greatest reward. Now, I believe God gives us blessings. I'm not trying to, in any way, take away from you celebrating the blessing of God. You better celebrate the blessing of God. He's so kind to us. But somewhere along the line in our American culture today, the only people that are celebrating heaven are the old folks. Can I be honest? Right? The young folks that, that we're just, you know, we're so focused on getting ahead or, you know, feeling like we're walking in the blessing of God or the favor of God, and we're losing sight of the eternal prize. I mean, God can reward you and bless you, and that's a great thing, but it dims in comparison to the treasure that God's rewarded, that God stored up for us in heaven. And I just want to encourage you today. Paul said this. And if we had read that passage farther in the book of Philippians, you know what he said? He said, our citizenship is in heaven. Now, he said that in the context of running a race and reward and faith and the mark. What was the mark that he said keeps driving for? Was it walking in prosperity? Was it being owning your own company? Was it being blessed financially or having relationships with your family that you can enjoy? No, all those are great things. But that's not the mark. That's not the striving. The striving is eternity, right? It's our eternal reward. It's the joy that's set in front of us. And I want to encourage you, if you're really going to run the race that God wants you to run, then you're going to have to shift your eyes to the correct prize. And eternity is that prize. We need to refocus on the true prize. Now, As I begin to unlock a few of these things, say, Pastor, these are very familiar principles, I know, but you need to be reminded of them today. You know, I'm turning 50 this year. I know that's very surprising to you visitors here today. You thought I was the youth pastor here today preaching for the main pastor, Jojo, but no, that's not the case. I'm the elder amongst these guys. And you know, as I've turned 50 for this year, and it's very surprising to me as well, uh, because you can do wonders with just for men. Come on, somebody. You know, I've said in my heart, I said, God, as I go into, uh, something happened when I was able to put this suit on. Something just said, didn't that feel good? I want to get in the best shape of my life in 2018. Why? Because I want to be as healthy as I can be, to be all that I can be, for the glory of God. I don't want to reach a certain milestone in the physical realm and fail spiritually somewhere along the way. I want to do everything that I can to be stimulated to say, God, the best is yet to be, right? How many of you know God can do more with what's in front of you than what he's done with what has happened in your life in the past? It's all about a perspective and how you want to live. Well, in order to do so, Paul said, you got to discipline yourself. I believe in disciplining ourselves not only physically. Paul used the analogy. He said, I buffet myself. 
You know what that kind of, have you ever seen a boxer? You remember the old Rocky movies and the boxing, what he doing? He's beating his own stomach. You've seen boxers doing that. They buffet them own selves. Paul said, I buffet my own self. He said, I discipline myself because I don't want to preach to others and myself become a castaway. So he said, I guard myself and I guard my convictions. And you and I, in 2018, I believe we got to discipline ourselves. And I'm going to tag team with JoJo. If you're going to discipline yourself to become who God's called you to be and to be as strong as God's called you to be in order to run your, way, your race effectively, there's no substitute for just reading the Word of God. There's no substitute for growing in the knowledge of God than just spending time alone with, thought, with God's Word. Listen, I want to encourage you. Listen, the, the thing that will trip you up the most in 2018, I don't care whether you got a new battery or an old battery, an 06 or an 07 or an 08 or an 09. The, I'm telling you, this thing will rob from you the time that you could be spending in the Word of God. You're gonna have, I believe that we need an awakening in the American church that says, God, I know that there is a powerful work of the Holy Spirit that can happen in my life when I just shroud myself in to just a time alone with you reading and meditating on God's Word. You go back and you read the history of those that have run the race in front of us and their testimony, and their testimony is going to be this, is going to say, listen, you've got to get the Word inside you. Listen, you think coming to church once a week it's going to discipline you to face the trials and the hardships that you're going to face in life. I believe in hearing the Word of God, and I'm so thankful and grateful that you're here. But I want to challenge you this year. Get in the Word like you've never gotten into the Word before. And I tell you what, listen, there's no, there's, there's no substitute for prayer. And I want to say this. Listen, we, I don't want to be found guilty of sins. Well, we have to pray. No, we don't have to pray. We get to pray. God allows us to commune with him. Come on, that's when your mind becomes stayed upon the Lord. That's when you discipline yourself. That's when you become the person God's called you to be, when you become conformable to his will. Those two simple things. You say, well, pastor, let's give me the analogy physically. The analogy physically, if you want to get in shape, two things. Eat right and exercise. There it is. That's my infocommercial. And if you want to buy Lee Brown's workout plan, that's available for $9.99. Make a donation at herefirst.com, pastor appreciation. That's it. It's just, how many know it's that simple? We can buy all the exercise plans that we want to, just like JoJo said. We can buy the, it comes down to two things, isn't it, Joe? You've got you to control your appetite and you've got to exercise. You do those two things, you're going to get in better shape. You want to grow spiritually. Come on, just spend some time with God in the Word. And take a little prayer walk with him. And you do that, and you're going to find yourself flexing your spiritual muscles. And all of a sudden, you have felt weak and anemic spiritually in 2017. All of a sudden, you're going to sense a new spiritual strength that's beginning to emerge in your heart and life. Man, that's simple, but it's good. Let's go further. I love this one. And this is the one that, listen, I could get on my soapbox on this one. But Paul said in 2 Timothy, he said, you will not be crowned if you do not play according to the rules. Now, the, 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 the runners in the race that he was possibly uh, alluding to, the, the Isthmian Games, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, they would go into a cave below the arena area, and there they would take an oath. And in that oath, they would swear that they would follow the rules, that they wouldn't cheat. So perhaps Paul had that in his mind when he's saying, listen, if we're going to run our race, we got to run it according to the rules. 
Now, let me elaborate upon that for just a moment of time. You and I have got to follow God's word. You cannot dictate the rules of the race. I'll take my glasses. I want to see who's, somebody may be preparing to throw something at me right now. Let me tell you about the American culture. Let me tell you about the American faith. We want to dictate things for God. We want to dictate the rules. We want to supposedly run the race and be crowned, but we want it to be our way and not his way. Right? We just say, well, God, the, the, you know, I started running, so I'm going to do it the way I feel, what satisfies and suits me. It's a trap that the enemy has laid out in front of us. It's a snare, and we've fallen prey to it. I've said this gazillion times since I've been preaching. I'm going to say it again today. This is not Burger King. You cannot have it your way. Right? You've got to do it God's way. That's why you've got to set your heart to know the Word of God. So many people today, they're like, well, you know, we're not under the law. So we think because we're not under the law that we, there's not a moral conviction with restrictions placed upon us as New Testament Christians. And that's not true. I'm telling you, there are just as many commands in the New Testament that the apostle himself, the apostle Paul, exhorts us. And we've got to know these things. And we've got to bend our life to be pleasing to him. And that's when you're going to run your race, you've got to begin to set your heart to the word of God and say, God, I may have ran it this way previously, and I didn't realize that, God, that was according to my own fleshly appetite. I want to run it in a way that I'm pleasing to God. I don't want to go through this whole motion of life, this whole motion of faith, and only to be disqualified at the end. You say, Pastor, will that happen? Jesus said it would. He said, there'll be those that'll stand in front of me and they'll say, Lord, didn't we do this in your name and didn't we do that in your name? And he'll say, depart from me for I never even knew you. You didn't bend your will. You didn't bend your aspirations to my will. And he said, I don't even know you. We've never even communed together is what Christ said. And so I believe it's very important that you and I say, God, I want to be bendable and conformable to the will of God. And so if I'm going to run this race, God, I'm going to run it according to your will. Y'all aren't shouting me down, but I'm preaching truth in here today. Don't you want to finish strong? You say, well, Pastor, wait a minute. Now, listen, I'm, a, I'm an aged person. Good, that's fine. Your outward man is perishing. But your inward man is being renewed day by day. Don't think just because that your hair is turning gray that you're losing your, your purpose and your voice and your ability and your anointing. I, I, I tell you, I believe the wine is supposed to get better as it ages, Right? And I, that's why I'm, I'm reminding you, this message is not just to the young adults among us about 2018. This is about us just setting our heart and saying, God, I want to be focused on who you call me to be and accomplishing the will of God for my life. I want to run my race to the degree that I could be like the Apostle Paul. Paul said, I want to run and I want to finish my race with joy. I don't want anything to rob me of accomplishing God's perfect will for my life. You know what? In doing so, I want to say this. You know what? You're going to face some challenges. Is that right? And I just have a couple more, and then I'm going to close. And these are just little principles of truth. But the Lord laid these on my heart. And I believe in them today. And they, 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 there was a stimulus for my heart as I contemplated the close of this year and the anticipation and going beyond the year and going just say, I want to sharpen myself. And to do so, I have to be aware that there are some hardships that we face in the kingdom of God. How many know there's persecutions? I don't know if we've seen fully the persecutions that are that, that, that are coming upon the Christians in America as our culture becomes more and more uh, antichrist, as the spirit of antichrist permeates our culture. 
And, and so accusations are, are, are being made against the church, and, and they're being made against you, and you're going to have to be prepared for those things. How many of you know that life itself is hard at times? Right? Just there are challenges in life, job, e- economy, uh, sicknesses, and things of that nature. And then all the while, we've got our adversary, the devil, to deal with. Right? And we don't blame everything on the devil, and we don't deify the devil around here. Actually, to be honest, I don't even like to talk about him. I'd rather be focused on giving glory to God than rebuking the devil. That's just the way I want to live my life. But at the same time, I don't want to be ignorant of his devices either. And I want to, know, and I want to recognize that there are challenges that I'm going to face. It's not always going to be easy. Paul said this with his own mouth. He said, outside were fightings and inside were fears. Sometimes he said, I was afraid of what I was going through. But he said, I found a peace and a comfort in God. And I want to say this today. Never give up and never give in. Trust your training. That's why you've read the Word of God. That's why you've studied and meditated. That's why you pondered and put it in your heart. Because God will, by the Holy Spirit, reach into your heart and He'll bring that Word right to your remembrance, right when you need it the most. And it will give you the comfort to endure. Here's what Paul said, again, as he wrote to Timothy. He said, persecutions and afflictions which came to me at Antioch and at Iconium, and he said, and at Lystra, did you know at Lystra they stoned him and they took him outside the city and they left him for a dead man. And then the church gathered around him and began to pray. And after a while, Paul got up, got up, went back into the very city and the next day he departed out of Lystra. Paul's reflecting upon it when he writes to Timothy. And he said, I remember the persecutions. I remember the times I was beaten. I was stoned. I was shipwrecked. The times that I went through hardships. The time that I was in the, in the ocean clinging to a board, hoping to just get to shore safely. He said, I remember the fastings. I remember the time that I didn't have enough to eat. And he said, I went through all these persecutions. But remember what Paul said? He said, but through those persecutions, I endured. He said, I made it through. Why? He said, I made it through because the Lord delivered me. Thank God for the Lord's grace today. And he said, and out of them all he delivered me. And then he said this, and all who are going to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to face persecutions. You're going to face trials, and your training is going to dictate. What's your training? Your time spent alone with God. Your time in prayer. Your time in the Word of God. That's going to determine whether or not you overcome when you face those challenges. How many know it's very important that you prepare yourself? Like Paul said, he said, I discipline my body lest I preach to others and then myself become a castaway. Two more and then I'm going to close. He said, run with strategy, 1 Corinthians 9. He said, I don't run with uncertainty, but I run my race with purpose. I believe it's important that you know yourself. You know what I mean? Know God, but know yourself. Because if you know yourself, you'll know what pace you need to be on. I remember years ago when I began to... First, when I started this pastoring of First Assembly, Hebrew Springs, I don't know if anybody could have given me greater counsel than what Dr. Brassfield gave me. And we were, oddly enough, we were, we were at a, a little lunch, and we were just getting to know him. Kevin Atkinson was here at that time, and Cody was here at that time. And, uh, and every pastor has aspirations for a church, right? And I have vision. So I don't just think about myself. I think about you. Y'all think about that? I don't just think about, as a pastor, I don't just think about where I'm going. I think about where we're going. Does that make sense? And so I can still remember, I can't remember the restaurant we were at, but I can still remember Dr. Brassfield, as he, again, just getting to know him and his heart 
and the council. And he said these words. He said, Lee, he said, this is not a sprint. He said, this is a marathon. And I have meditated upon that many times. This is a race that's not going to be decided and determined just in, and you can win a sprint in 11 seconds. Right? That's about 100 meters in today's time, isn't it? A, a really good sprinter, 11. If you're Hussein Bolt, it's 9.5. But, but a marathon, that's hours. It goes beyond that at times. Back-to-back ones, that's days. So in the analogy, that's a long time for pastoral ministry. And so if I based myself, if I based the call of God and I based whether I felt like we were, being, we were growing as a church upon just little bursts in a sprinting world, then I would always feel defeated. But if I say, you know what, God, I may be back like Dave Waddle for a while, but I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to lose sight. I'm going to keep the pace, God, and I'm going to keep running this race with faith, and I'm going to trust that, God, you're going to take our church to heights and places that we've never been previously. And so we have to have a strategy You have to find your purpose. Don't live life aimlessly. Does that make sense? You know, as a one of the things that I have sought to balance pastorally for the last 21 years is the necessary balance of being a pastor and a dad. Do you understand that difficult balance at times? Did you know there's a lot of hardships over the years of children that watch their pastors serve? Watch pastors serve their congregation, but they didn't know their dad. And, and, and I, I, God put that in my heart to not, never let that go, to never let that go. So for the last several years, the last several years when Sherry and I was raised in a large family at home, I would try my very best to walk that fine balance, that tug and that pull, that give and that take. And if I was going to err, if I was going to err and be pulled one direction, I'm going to be honest, I let myself be pulled to the Brown family first. Because here's the way I live my pastoral ministry is this. If I gained the whole world, but if I lost those six souls, then what have I gained? But you know what? I've reached a new season in my life. We are empty nesters. And there are no tears in our eyes. (laughs) We embrace that moment. But you know what that means? That means I can invest more over these next 20 years in the church. So I find, I find a renewed sense of purpose. Does that make sense? A renewed sense of purpose. You've got to have purpose. What's your purpose? What's the stimulus that you find in Christ? What is the thing? You know what? I'm a pastor, so I can only use my example. But you know what? If you're a father or a mother at home, Don't overlook one of the greatest purposes that God's given you every day when you get up to be a living example to your children. If you're a co-worker on the job, then that's your purpose. Work with excellence every day. Come on. Go there with a smile. If I can challenge you in anything at all this year, show kindness unlike you've never shown it before. Man, I'll tell you, that's one thing I determined to do. I say, God, I may not be a George Patton leader, and I really don't want to be. But I tell you what, there's one thing I can do every day, and I can be kind to people. I can just be kind. If you come around me, I just want to be kind. I want to be nice. 
and, and I want to be pleasant. Right? How I many you know that's a part of purpose? You can find that purpose in God. You have it. We all have it. And I close here today with this. This message today was, it was familiar. It's a pastoral message. I've kind of preached like this. It's always difficult when you get to the holidays to preach because, you, you, again, it's a tipping point right there around the calendar. But I did find stimulus as Paul exhorted us to run our race. And I found it in my own personal reflections. And I looked at my own life and I felt like, God, if I'm going to look at my life, it would be wrong for me not to challenge our church to look at their lives. The Bible says examine yourself. Didn't he say that? Examine yourself, whether or not you're in the faith. So here's the last thing today as a close. No one can run for you. We can cheer you on. We can help pick you up when you fall. But we can't tap you out and take your place. You gotta run your race. So I wanna encourage you today, if you felt like that you've been sidetracked and you hadn't been in the race, you say, Pastor, I'm thinking I'm understanding what you're talking about. I'm talking about living a life of faith and faithfulness to God. And if you have felt sidetracked, I wanna encourage you today, you can get back in the race. I love that example of Dave Waddle. He was running, but he was so far behind that he felt like he was out of the race. But as he moved up closer, he said, you know what? When I made contact with the pack, I felt like I was back in the race. How I many you know you can get back in the race? You can. It's a decision that you have to make. I say this, and I've said this many times. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. The book of, can I say it this way? Ecclesiastes. That's powerful, isn't it? Ecclesiastes says this. The race is not to the swift, neither the battle to the strong. So who's going to be crowned in God's kingdom? Those who are faithful. It's not about pace. It's about perseverance. It's about just saying, God, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to go through the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows. But all the while, God, I'm going to stay focused on the prize. I'm going to keep my eyes set upon you. I'm going to live my life every day for the glory of God. And I'm going to run my race with patience. So be consistent. Those who refuse to give up, those are the ones that are going to be crowned in God's eternal kingdom. So to be crowned, you simply must endure the hardships of life, have faith in God, and keep your eye on the prize. And that prize is the mark for the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Our heads are bowed and our eyes closed for just a moment of time today.